what's up everyone and welcome to another episode of in these current times yet again i am your friendly neighborhood host the juggernaut and let's jump right in okay the first things first uh we know that captain america uh, captain america 4 which was originally titled new world order has been you know the title to brave new world uh, and that's actually finished shooting. Um, that's principal photography. So all that's left is just the editing work and post-production work. Now uh, I'm not gonna say I'm that concerned about the change in the subtitle because that in no way affects the quality of the movie. But I, I would be lying if I didn't say I prefer the New World Order, um, you know, subtitles. And I wonder whether that change to Brave New World, which is more in line with the Aldous Huxley's book, um, book. Now both um, subtitles can work, you know, depending on the story they want to tell. Anyway, of course, New World Order harkens more to the whole conspiracy theory thing the, the men in black behind the scenes con- controlling things and how the masses are blind to a lot of machinations of the one of the elites you know brave new world of good brings in more of this kind of same thing but more of how the masses are being suppressed by certain forms of uh depressants that might not necessarily be drugs but even it could be form of media distraction and things like that look either way it it holds the political statements and i just really hope it translates well in the movie and also become overbearing like um falcon or captain america i guess sam wilson's speech at the end of falcon winter soldier which i, I thought felt a bit too heavy-handed but anyway time will tell and we'll see what the movie is going to entail i believe leader um samuel stearns the character from that was played by um the, this guy buster the buster scrooge actor his name is eluding right now all the way back in incredible work is going to be making another appearance and uh, i'm curious to see how the movie pans out and then some weeks ago we got our first look at the upcoming sony i guess venomverse movie which is craving the hunter um starring aaron taylor johnson um that's what i would say about the trailer it wasn't a bad trailer but ninja wasn't a great trailer it was just you know kind of there it's sort of the same before the typical hero or character you see him get their powers you see them take on bodies and seems to be an, an anti-hero so venom did that mobius did that and the thing is my only worry or concern with the, with the movie trailer is that it felt more like mobius than venom and of course in hindsight mobius i remember the mobius trailer looking really good at the time until the movie came out so i just really hope this movie um doesn't isn't just regular dribble dribble that we, we we've come accustomed to the sonyverse movies uh one thing i kind of appreciate is the fact that it's r-rated now r-rated doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be doesn't necessarily make it a better movie but considering Craven Hunter is a very vicious and dangerous human being um, I think it's cool to see him see more arrogant version and stuff like that uh, yeah the suit he suits I, I mean I get it it isn't um, comic accurate like that I mean yeah we, we kind of see him wearing the fur coats and things like that uh, I'm not gonna lie I don't hate the suit as much as other people I'm not taking that much personal investment in it because like I said Suit accuracy isn't something that always needs to be done 100%, you know. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll go back on that eventually in, the, in, the, in this topic. But anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, I really like Aaron Taylor Johnson. He did a good job as Quicksilver in the MCU. He was really fun in Bullet Train. And I'm really. And of course, he was great in Kickers. So I'm hoping the movie just deliver. Yeah, the trailer looks really vicious, though. There's a scene where he bites a man's eye out. Damn, that looks vicious. Of course, Russell Crowe is playing his father. I think Russell Crowe, this would be like the third superhero Russell Crowe is being a father to, <laughs> from uh, Superman as Man of Steel and to Hercules in Love and Thunder. And then this one as well. 
Um, yeah, it looks really vicious. One thing that surprised me the fact that Rhino is gonna be in this movie and it's gonna be like uh, a serum, it's gonna turn to a literal like a rhino creature. I don't think I thought it was in, 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 intriguing, but all you know, I'm really curious to see how this movie turns out. Now, it doesn't need to be the greatest film ever. If it's actually on power with Venom 1, I think I'm okay with that. Of course, I want it to be better because I want all my movies I'm watching to be better, but yeah, that's those are the major things I have regarding that movie. So, speaking on trailers, speaking on trailers, we kind of got our first look at an upcoming Napoleon trailer um, directed by Ridley Scott and starring um, uh, the Joker dudes, yeah, Yao King Phoenix in the lead role. And all I have to say is one word epic. My goodness. I love the fact that, of course, it's Apple TV that is doing it and they're sparing no expenses. The movie feels like a freaking epic. It even harkens back to Gladiator days, which is kind of funny because there's a scene in the trailer where you see Yaku Phoenix's character of Napoleon wearing a crown and it reminds me of his character of Commodus Aureolus from Gladiator. But man, it looks really epic and masterful. I just love the, the scale, the tone of it all. You know, Yaku Phoenix is going to kill it, kill it, undoubtedly. And it's been a while since I've seen Ridley Scott work on an epic. I mean, Gladiator was epic. The Martian, to an extent, was quite epic too. And uh, I know a lot of people didn't like this movie, but I actually really enjoyed Exodus Gods, Gods Among Us. But I'm definitely looking forward to this. I love what Apple is doing with their movies, you know. Um, the fact that they put a lot of, I mean, we're seeing the same to Killers of the Flower Moon. They put a lot of money, they invest a lot of money into it and actually give it a theatrical release first before taking it to streaming. Because they, the truth is, they have the money to do it, number one, you, you know. And then by putting um, the movie in cinemas, they're actually in- increasing the i guess quality of the movie because then they are kind of making the filmmakers put more effort because they know that it's a box office they want to be box office success meanwhile on, on, i mean on the reverse if a movie is going straight to streaming the the, the directors the producers you know a lot of the guy i know and won't be has uh what do you call it driven to put in the best work because they know that there's no box office returns there's no risk of it flopping and things like that's gonna go to streaming people are gonna watch it and it's gonna move on so yeah, uh, the Napoleon trailer looks really, really fantastic, man. Dude, the skill, the acting, the costumes, my I can definitely see it as a contender for uh, for, for the Academy Awards, for definitely some some um, segments of the awards. But let me know what you guys think about that trailer, though, because I was really hyped by it. I really loved it. And uh, I can't wait to see it on the, on the, on the big screen. Um, still on the topic of trailers, we got our first look at the Bob Marley One Love trailer. And it looks really good, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Kingsley Bernadier looks fantastic as Bob Marley. He's becoming this, this dude is his career is going really well and I'm really happy for him because of course he played Malcolm X in the One Night in um, Paris. It was a one night in Paris movie and then he was um, what do you call it? He's currently graphic in Secret Division. I'm gonna go to talk more on that um, soon. He's also gonna be in Barbie, the upcoming he's gonna be in the up- upcoming Barbie movie. So and Man, it's just incredible. It's becoming his world, man. And I'm really glad to see more of him. He's, he's doing a pretty good job on Secret Division. And I think he has a lot of potential, man. Because, yeah, the One Love trailer looks really fantastic, man. He has the accent down. He has the looks. Uh, it's nice to see Lashana Lynch also in the movie. Man, she was really good in Woman King. And uh, No Time to Die. And overall, I think I really like. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of biopics, and Bob Marley was a character, was a person I grew up on. His music really, really influenced me, as much as as much as many other people as well. So I'm really curious to see how this is gonna look. Yeah. Um, then moving on. So currently, right now, the MCU has a TV show on Disney Plus, which is called Secret Invasion. 
and uh, we're three episodes in, I believe. Yeah, and these are my few thoughts on the show so far. The first thing is, I was a bit more excited for the show because of the grounded approach to it. The trailers made this made it harking back to the early days of MCU with Winter Soldier and Civil War. And so far, I thought it has been okay. Um, doesn't mean great, doesn't mean as good as I wanted it to be, but it hasn't been terrible for me either. Um, seeing the political espionage going on with the scrolls infiltrating high society has been intriguing. Ben um, Kingsley Bernardino has actually been fun as Gravik because I like the fact that his character, his villain as Gravik, isn't is quite unassuming. But that's but where the threat is because he can take on any shape, you know, to do to, to do and undo. And then, of course, episode one's ending was really a shocker. <laughs> See, Mara, Mara he'll get killed. And a lot of people are upset with him because she's been an MCU like staple for years and we've not really delved into her character. But personally, I feel like when there's actual loss, he adds more stakes to the movie, to the show. Of course, Samuel Jackson's back as Nick Fury and he's kind of disheveled and broken and he's kind of. You know, he's, he's not his former self, he's an old shell of himself, and a lot of people have issues with that. And I, I kind of like that because I think it's progression. We've known the to be this badass dude for a long time, but then with this, the, the trauma from the snap and the fact that he's physically older shows that he's not the person he used to be, and he needs to kind of wake back up because it's a new world, you know. The, the old spycraft is gone, new spycraft is here. Of course, it gets great to see Ben, ben Mendelssohn back as Talos, and then of course, we have. Um, Emilia Clark as Gaia. Personally, I don't think she's been given enough room to do much in the show. I, I mean, she's just been there for me. And of course, Olivia Coleman is so fun as Sophia. She's such a funny character, Sonia rather, to see on screen. All in all, I do like the one thing that gets me really excited is we get a scene where um, Taylor stabs Gravik's hand and then he, we see him heal with extremists. And I think I, I understand what they're trying to do with the Super Scrolls in this reiteration because Super Scrolls in the Comics were closely tied with the Fantastic Four. The Super Scroll had all the abilities of the Fantastic Four. That's stretching from Mr. Fantastic, invisibility from uh, uh, Storm, fire from Johnny Storm, that's Human Torch, and of course, super strength from the thing, Ben Green. But seeing as the Fantastic Four haven't been introduced in the MCU yet, I see what they're trying to do. We got a, a glimpse of the super weapon they're using to create Super Scrolls, and then we're going to look at the screen and we kind of see certain samples of things they have. We saw something from um, Groot, we saw something from Call Obsidian, we saw something from Extremis, and there was some, something from Frost Beast, which I'm not really sure of who. I don't know if that's meant to be uh, the, the things, Jodenheim, uh, the Frost Giants from, what do you call it, from Thor. But all I, I, I'm assuming is Groot is going to be a form of elongation because Groot can grow in size. Uh, extremist is going to be for the fire ability of human touch and also healing obviously because remember the extremist serum from iron man 3 now um, obsidian is i mean he was the biggest out of thanos's black order he was the biggest and strongest so he's probably going to be representing ben Grimm. maybe the frost beast is a, is a substitute for Sustov's invisibility ability and force field we don't know yet but i do kind of like that twist i think it's kind of clever to kind of play on that i like when the mcu is kind of forced to improvise and they kind of come up with this clever idea of doing something like how all transmits be created by um hank pin but when you start creating creating create you know things like that but anyway let me, let me know your thoughts on the secret invasion movies and tv shows so far uh episode four is coming very soon and i'm really hoping they kind of pump the gas and uh, we get into, into the rot of the business
Um, so, of course, Deadpool 3 is in the works officially and the filming has begun. And we kind of got our first look at the <clears throat> new suits for both Deadpool and Wolverine. Because you know Wolverine has been announced to be returning. Hugh Jackman has taken on the clothes again. Now, personally, myself, I loved the way Logan was. Logan was a perfect film. It ended perfectly. But I'm not going to lie, seeing Deadpool and Wolverine banter, banter on screen and seeing the fake feud of Brian Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, I'm definitely curious to see what they want to do with it on screen. And then we got our first look at their suit. Now, Deadpool suit is mostly largely the same. The only difference is the armor lines were removed and it's just a plain spandex suit like in the comics. Now, I'm not going to lie, I do like the armor lines in, in, the comic, in live action comic book adaptations because it adds a little bit of military warfare or military... Um, um, aesthetics to it, but I still love the new one. Now, Wolverine, I'm really shocked. I'm not, I'm well shocked, and I'm, and I'm not shocked because we have Wolverine in the yellow and blue spandex, which I'm not gonna lie, for the longest time I thought would never work in live action. But considering number one is Deadpool, which is a, a, a film that can get away with a lot of kind of ridiculousness on its own. I mean, Juggernaut was defeated by having electric wire sponges, also, just think about that. And then uh, it actually looks good. The, the long sleeves, I think, makes up for it. And I'm really impressed with how good it looks in live action. I was really so skeptical about it. I, for one, is actually I'm a fan of the brown suits from the comics too. I know a lot of people are not, but I'm really surprised with how good it looks. And I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, I am. I am. And of course, core fans are going to always complain whenever it's comic accurate or not. But this is one instance where the comic accuracy actually works for me. Yeah. And then lastly to round up for today, um, yesterday I got a chance, yeah, yesterday I got a chance to see um, Indiana Jones 5, and it's actually a fun film, it's not great, it's definitely dated, I mean that, that's the biggest take back from the film, um, it, the action sequences and everything was actually well done, but it's a reminiscence of a 2010 movie, which means it's just kind of dated, the old, and, and I understand Indy has to fight Nazis, it's like, his blueprint, but I feel like that whole thing just dated. That's my own gripe. But that being said, the actual sequence is actually well done. I thought James Mango did a good job with the movie. One slight gripe also have the movie is the fact that the, the beginning of the movie takes, takes place in the past, and of course, Aaron Sifford has to be de aged. And I understand that the aging tech is still new, but things like Captain Marvel and Endgame did a good job with the aging, and it just didn't look very, it didn't look very good on our. You could tell there's a lot of scenes where you could see the animation. It felt like a PS4 video game. And I personally myself, I think I just got in a younger actor to play, like Dude Han Solo. And the funny thing is, the scene where he looks like a Tanfillion, uh, where, he, where, where he's, 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 anchor, he's, what do you call it, um, he has been subdued. And I really, really think he should have got the Tanfillion himself to just play younger Harrison Ford. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but that aside, it wasn't, it was still forgivable, it wasn't as terrible as something like with The Flash, you know. And the action was really well done. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge was kind of a nice addition to the film. I thought she was really great in it, to be honest. Of course, Martin Nicholson always kills as a villain in the movie. Uh, I had an issue with third act uh, because the movie is a time travel movie and you know, you're, you're gonna have typical plot loopholes in it. But I just thought that the ending was just a bit chaotic and messy um, for what he was trying to do. But all in all, I had a good time with the film. I thought it was really fun. Um, for an in this last ride, definitely better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's Indiana Jones 5. And sorry, Indiana Jones 4 is definitely better than the fourth movie. But I don't think it goes to count more to the first three, apart from maybe his VFX being, being a bit looking better. All in all, though, I do like the fact that the, the kid in on the fact that Indy was old, you know, was in retirement. I do like that fact. I mean, he does a lot of stunts that should be unbelievable for an 80 year old. But it's a film, you accept it for what it is. 
Um, it was nice to see Boyd Holbrook. Of course, he had worked with James Mangold on Logan. It was nice to see him in the film. And I thought the movie worked well for the most part. Yeah, like I said, the indie adventure skin, scene of it, like the horse racing scene, was really fun. You know, the scene on the beginning of the train was fun. Like, he had the classic indie adventure trope to it, and I, and I enjoyed it for that. I just think the narrative, I think the plot was actually very thin, it was paper thin. The viral plan and the motivation for the bad guys was just a bit, I, I didn't care for it. The stakes were so low that when it was revealed at the end, I didn't care for it. But all in all, I thought it was a really fun movie. I'll give it a 6 over 10 to be honest, uh, only like 6.5. You know, just major gripes was the plot was paper thin. The, the, the aging CGI was just a bit too goofy. Not goofy, but it was a bit telling, it was too telling. I think it could have done better, you know. Uh, but the action and adventure was really fun to see. I really had a good time with it. Uh, but anyway, looking forward to my top three movies for July. I think I'm gonna do a, do a breakdown on them later in another episode. But that's all the time I have now, guys, for today. Thanks for tuning in. As always, stay safe and stay tuned.